1: You're listening to the best of the Indo-Daily.
0: Uh, Bonanza Creek Ranch had two people know. accidentally shot on a movie set by a prop gun. We need help immediately. In my years on the sets of film, hot gun meant that there was a charge in there and cold gun meant there was nothing in there.
3: Stay on the phone with me. We're going to get some help, OK?
0: Authorities say Baldwin was filming when he fired a prop gun during a scene, killing one crew member and injuring another. When he's saying this this is a cold gun, what he's saying to everybody on the set is you can relax. The gun is empty. Helena Hutchins, the film's director of photography, was airlifted to an area hospital where she was later pronounced dead.
2: Hollywood A-lister Alec Baldwin accidentally killed a cinematographer and injured the director while filming his new movie Rust. It's by far the most serious incident in a colorful career. I'm Finan Sheen, and today on the Indo-Daily, we're talking to Sunday Independent columnist Sarah Caden about what happened on set. But first, Alec Baldwin's charismatic roles and his controversial life with Irish Independent film critic Paul Whittington. Paul, Alec Baldwin, big Hollywood name, has been around for, for nearly four decades now. And yet many people would probably struggle to identify an iconic role that he's
3: associated with, a very varied career. Yeah, very. Just one way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, he he did an interview a couple of years ago for the Guardian, and, and he said that it's hard to pigeon, It's hard to sort of uh, talk about what he is. Is he a, a heavyweight actor? No, not really. Film actor. Is he a, is he a comedian? Not really. Is he a celebrity? Uh, yes, but usually inadvertently. And he's just Alec Baldwin. People know him, but in terms of his film career. Uh, on his name only. He's not that kind of star and there may be various reasons for that. Uh, as you know, there were there were four Baldwins, uh, all actors, all brothers at one point. Uh, they used to turn up in procedural things. Stephen, I think, was in Usual Suspects. For a while, it wasn't clear who was going to be the famous Baldwin. Uh, and critics used to say a Baldwin as a joke in films, but it, he, he, he was the most talented and very charismatic. The voice uh, we were talking about before we came in air, his, his voice is so distinctive. But... He, he he's never really made it as a film actor, you could say, and yet he keeps turning up in, in, in now and then in decent films. What
2: pitched you know the top five Alec Baldwin TV and and movie roles that people would would
3: say, oh yeah, I, I know him from that. Well, he, he was he was in the Hunt for Red October. He was quite a young uh, actor still, and he was only in his early thirties, I think. Uh, and he, as Jack Ryan, a, a role that's been played by by people like Harrison Ford who carry films on their own. I know
0: Rami is. He's nearly a legend in the submarine community. He's been a maverick his entire career. I actually met him once at an embassy dinner. Have you ever met Captain Ramius General?
3: Uh, but he was kind of blown out of the water on that by Sean Connery. He was in Glen Gary, Glen Ross, uh, which he was very good in. It's a short role, character role again, he's very good. I mean, obviously 30 Rock, you, 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 you can't go by that. He's, he's Jack Donahue, he played the, the network executive. Very, very funny. Do
1: you think I hate women?
0: Absolutely, but it's not your fault. You are genetically predisposed to compete against other women for the attention of strong, powerful men like myself or others very similar to me. For example, Hercules, the Highlander, or uh, God.
3: His gift is for comic acting, and, and it was at that point that it was fully realised. Obviously, he's a, I think he's presented Saturday Night Live 17 times. I think that's more than anybody else. Uh, but Trump, he made his own.
0: Let's cut to the chase, folks. We need wall, okay? We have a tremendous amount of drugs flowing into this country from the southern border or the brown line, as many people have asked me not to call it. Uh, he, he,
3: he, he made those impersonations his own and he entered the political arena and seemed to be very happy with that. Uh, he's he, he's done lots of decent things. It's Complicated, which was a very nice um, uh, Meryl Streep comedy. He was very good in that, opposite her, but opposite her, never really carried a film on his own.
2: And- his personal life, you'd have to say, added and taken away from his 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 career, it almost comes in in, in two stages. Uh, then and now, let let let's talk about then. Married to Kim Basinger and there was substance abuse issues and all that. He
3: he um he started out in Knots Landing at the the, the sort of seventies eighties soap opera, which may not have helped his film career because that was kind of a black mark back in those days. You know, you were kind of you had the stain on your character of having done a soap. Uh, and he married Kim Bassinger or, or Basinger as they say over there, who was five years older than him, and she was very established, nine and a half weeks old. All, the, all these films she'd already done, and. Uh, it helped him because they became one of these Hollywood couples, and he began to get more and more work. Uh, but they had a they had a tempestuous <laughs> marriage, and then they they had a very spectacular litigious breakup. And uh, I find it kind of endearing that he doesn't have the good sense to keep his mouth shut when things like this happen. And he 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 you know he was saying all sorts of things. He has a bit of a temper, we believe. And then there was this famous incident with Ireland, his daughter Ireland uh, Baldwin, who, who was eleven at the time, and he. He, he left a very nasty voice message, which was then uh, released to the public. Um, and I think he called her, what did he call her? Yeah, rude, tallest little pig. She was 11. 11 years of age. So it was not his <laughs> finest parenting moment. And, and
2: classically, Ireland
3: got her own back on dear old dad. She has on several occasions, but most recently, at, uh, at about two years ago, uh, he, I don't know why he agreed to it, he agreed to a roast, uh, which was pretty brutal. I mean, some of the comedians were saying things like, um, you know, what's the advantage of becoming a dad late in life? Strong, healthy pallbearers. So and he, he was sitting there putting up with this, but then uh, Ireland came on and said, looking splendid and said, um, uh, hi, dad, I, I'm Ireland, as though he didn't even wouldn't recognize her in the street. So yeah, she has.
1: A lot of people only know my dad as an angry guy, but he's more than some lunatic who loses his temper. He also loses Emmys and Oscars and custody of his firstborn child. Am I right?
3: Um, I think there's been some some kind of uh, rapprochement uh, uh, in recent years, but yeah, she has a sense of humour. Ireland Baldwin,
2: now, you know, famous model and, and influencer in, in her own right. Yeah. Um, and there has been a, a series of incidents with him, where his his temper has got the better of him.
3: There, but for the grace of God, uh, go people like me who have a who has a bit of a temper. Because if you're famous, you're going to get found out. He was on a plane. He was playing a game on his phone, and he didn't want to stop when the plane took off. So he had a bigger out. Got bigger out about that. Got thrown off the plane. Uh, his most recent one was uh, he had an argument over a parking space outside his building in New York and that turned into a big production he's had it go up. he he just he has a bit of a temper and he mounts up and he doesn't seem to learn which again I find quite endearing
2: and th- there was a there was a battle with, with alcohol and, and drugs yeah, back in yeah.
3: 1890s territory there was and I think that was to do with the fact that or he says it's to do with the fact that uh, his parents. He moved to Los Angeles to do Landing and then stayed there for a while he, he, before returning to New York. And his parents. He's from Long Island. His parents, both his parents, I think, died when he was de- out there, and I think he had a big problem with that because he was filming and he. he uh, so he, 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 I think, it was alcohol, big time. But by the, I think, by the end of his twenties, he had he had uh, overcome that.
2: And notably, you know the. The Baldwin brothers never appeared in a <laughs> collectively
3: in a movie no. together, but but they the family made a great name reality show, wouldn't they? The four the four, you know, <laughs> a time, yeah.
2: intriguing <laughs> in, in its own right. <laughs> but the Baldwin family name still holds. You've got Ireland, his own daughter uh, Haley, um, massive star in in her own her own right uh, as well amongst a, a, a younger generation. The, his, his niece, so you know he, he's like this patriarch of the, of this this big Hollywood family. Family. he's kind of settled down a bit though now hasn't he in his 60s he he,
3: he certainly he has settled down big time because uh, he he met uh, uh, Hilary Stroke Hilaria his his, uh, his wife uh, and about I think she, he was in his 50s she was in her 20s he's a yoga instructor from Boston and uh, they got married about a decade ago and uh They've had six children in, in the intervening period and he, uh, you know, I suspect perhaps he's trying to make up for for uh, not having been the best father in the world to, to Ireland. But yeah, he has. The funny thing about him is he's never or rarely out of the American tabloids. They love him. And this business with his wife claiming that she was Spanish and then not being Spanish uh, at all, uh, it, just, it just feeds into the kind of general chaos that, that seems to surround him whether he likes it or not.
2: Sarah tell us about Rust this movie that Alec Baldwin was was filming both as as actor and producer in this case
1: Rust was ab- about a uh, an outlaw on the run from the authorities with his 13-year-old grandson uh, Baldwin was the outlaw and he had kind of posted clips of himself before all this happened of, you know, in his kind of grizzly beard, joking about looking like Santa Claus. So it was like, you know, sort of veteran, you know, Wild West outlaw, um, you know, he anti-hero. And um he was also producer on the film, as you said, but he says not a kind of money guy producer, but more a sort of creative guy.
2: Okay. And and then so they're 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 filming out in the desert and um, what do we know about the the lead up to the to the fatal shooting where helena hutchins uh w- w- was killed and, and joel souza the director and then was injured
1: it seems that things were a little unsettled on the sh- on the set already Um, they'd lost some crew had quit because um they weren't happy with with conditions. There have been kind of rumblings since the shooting that they weren't happy with the safety on set as well. But there, it has been reported that they, they started late that morning. They were running late. It was a low budget film. You know, there are a lot of kind of noise around the fact that this all might have been a bit rushed every second counts and these kind of things and every second costs money so um, they had started late and they had this film this scene to shoot they had just finished lunch they were back and uh, Alec Baldwin was in a kind of a barn set up with Helena Hutchins and Joel Souza who was the film's director and they were kind of mapping out the scene that they would then film but they weren't filming at the time that
2: the shooting happened so they they they're effectively in rehearsal for for this shootout scene uh, he's handed a gun and 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 the gun goes off uh, killing Helena Hutchins
1: Exactly. So what all, you know, there, but there are a lot of people involved in the whole picture at this stage who are, have explained to a certain extent that the role that they played that day. But what had happened was they had gone for lunch. The woman who was the armorer on the film, uh, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, she was responsible for all the guns. And before the lunch break, she has said that she set up three guns um, and filled them with the dummy rounds and laid them out. She apparently put socks over them so that people knew you weren't to go near these guns and everyone went to lunch. They came back. She gave the gun to, that they were to her- rehearse with with a guy called David Halls. He was the um, first assistant director on the film and he brought it in to um, Alec Baldwin in the barn handed it to him, said cold-shouted cold gun as he handed it to him, which was to reassure Alec Baldwin that there were no live rounds in the gun, which he had been reassured by Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, who has said that she wasn't allowed in the barn for COVID reasons.
0: In my years on the sets of film, hot gun meant that there was a charge in there, and cold gun meant there was nothing in there. When he's saying this, this is a cold gun, what he's saying to everybody on the set is, you can relax, the gun is empty. That's what cold gun means. Well, cold gun means there's no charge in there. There could be dummy rounds.
1: And so he was um, pulling the gun out of a holster, like across his body, like you'd see someone, you know, with a, with a sword or something. And, he, and Hel- he says he and Helena Hutchins were discussing how, where he would point the gun, how he would hold it, that kind of thing. And this is when a shot went off.
2: Killing Helena Hutchins. And, and even at that, she's left, it's kind of bizarre. She's left lying on the ground for over half an hour. There really doesn't seem to be an appreciation of what what to do uh, on set when an incident like this happens.
1: Well, I suppose they couldn't move her. I mean, everyone would say, you know, you shouldn't move someone. You don't know what further damage you could do. So the, the, pers- the recordings that we have heard of the 999 calls, um, so there was a woman called 999 first. Um, she described herself as a script supervisor. And she said immediately two people have been accidentally shot and said there was someone tending to to Helena Hutchins. And the Baldwin has said that she lay there until a helicopter came for her. And uh, The kind of odd thing, though, Fionn, is that Baldwin, you know, he must, obviously he must have been very shocked and, you know, know, people behave, you know, they forget things and they, you know, he must have been terrified. He thought she'd fainted. And he didn't know until he said last week to ABC, he didn't know until he was uh, interviewed by the sheriff's office. At the end of his interview, they said, we're really sorry to tell you she didn't make it. She has died and he said that is when he like uh, that was the end of the interview they let him go he went outside and phoned his wife and the photographs that everybody would have seen the the day that that had happened of baldwin like walking along really obviously distressed on his mobile phone he says that he had just been told that she had died and he was phoning his wife to tell her what happened
2: what do we know about the victim helena hutchins at this point
1: she was a ukrainian um uh, uh, director of photography. She was very much an up-and-coming kind of star of, of uh, films. And she um, had a, a husband and a son whom Baldwin has met since. And she um, had worked in the United States She for years. She had actually posted uh, on her social media Just I think it was the day before the shooting, a picture of them all in costume, the set and the crew um, giving a big thumbs up sign for a a big union dispute that was going on about, you know, conditions um, for film crews. And Baldwin was very much, uh, you know, supporting all of them. And he says she was a new friend, but they had become friends through you know, their kind of um, enthusiasm about making this quite low-budget film together.
2: Yeah, because because Baldwin has spoken about falling in love with, with, with movies again uh, as a result of this film.
0: I sat on that pew right before they called lunch and I said, this movie has made me love making movies again. Because I used to love to make movies. I did. You know... I worked with people once i was gonna do the movie the edge and uh, they called me and said they got tony Hopkins to do the film what are you making yeah look if we're here and i started sobbing i just started sobbing because i thought oh god i'm gonna have a chance to work with this guy any chance you can go easy on me when they cast me in, it's complicated with meryl i thought i'm gonna get to go make a movie with her People, they have their dreams. No matter how old you are, you have your dreams of people you want to work with. And this movie made me love making movies again. I really thought we were onto something.
1: Yeah, I thought it was the oddest part of the whole thing because Baldwin cries a few times during that interview and... You know, I wouldn't doubt his sincerity at all. Like an awful thing has happened. But he (laughs) seems to cry equally when saying, oh, I'd fallen in love with films again. As when he's talking about someone who died potentially as a result of something that accidentally happened while he had a gun in his hand. Um, So it's a funny moment if you ask me because it nearly elicits sympathy for Baldwin and his craft when really, you know, that's not the point.
2: Yeah, it's it's a very emotional interview. And and I suppose the difficulty is when you're seeing an actor do an interview uh, like that, you're you're remembering some some characters that he portrayed over the years and the similarities there. But do you feel that, do you think the ABC interview, good move or bad move at, at this point, Um, to be putting out his side of events? And is it part of a a PR operation because he has himself been personally criticized about about this killing?
1: I think he, he probably would have come off worse if he said nothing. I think it was, I think he had to say something. And of course, every single thing he says is going to get picked apart. And yeah, you can't help but watch him do it and, and, perceive it as performing because I think it's probably impossible for someone as long in the tooth and acting as Baldwin not to go into some kind of a, a almost a performative sense of flow. But I I mean I didn't doubt his sincerity, but I think we've all kind of seen and heard enough, you know, dramas and documentaries about the you know, the mechanics of the PR machines behind these things, not to think that uh, he sat down at a big, you know, he was given advice from all kinds of people, from all kinds of angles who minutely, you know, uh, picked apart what he should say, what he shouldn't say, what was the best thing to do, what wasn't. I mean, he says, I don't care about my career. It doesn't matter. But, you know, of course, he he wants people I mean, not to think well of him so much, but to maybe he f- would maybe from his perspective to judge him fairly, and it seems from
2: from looking at the interview and, and the circumstances around this incident, there's kind of a conspiracy theory building up around was was this sabotage was it was it deliberate was just it was just a series of unfortunate events, and within that is Baldwin himself s- making a, a, a big deal about that he didn't touch the trigger.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the sabotage element is the really most kind of bizarre aspect. And that that word has been used by the lawyer for the armourer, uh, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed. Um, like, uh, he says, what Baldwin says is, I he, he touched the hammer, but never the trigger. Now, I don't, you know, I don't know by guns, but, you know, he's saying that he pulled back the hammer, never touched the trigger, he never pulled the trigger. People have said since the interview a gun can't go off unless you pull the trigger. But I think probably more or equally important is the whole cold gun thing. So Baldwin says, David Hall's handed him the gun, shouted cold uh, gun, and Baldwin said, that means that you can relax. Um, Since this happened, George Clooney, among other people, has said, you know, when you get handed a gun, it doesn't matter what they tell you about that gun. He, Clooney, he said, personally, he checks that gun. He shows the gun and the inner workings of the gun to whomever is going to be in the room or, you know, with the gun possibly pointing at them. And that he does that in every single scene and that you do not shoot, You know, you don't take a gun into your hand without untrust, basically. But Baldwin completely disputes that and says, you know, my job is to trust the people who's, you know, the chain of, of of kind of command down from the gun. It's really tricky. I mean, people are saying you never point a gun at anyone on a set. You know, if you're going to be pointing the gun at the camera, then no one should be standing behind the camera or near the camera. So it seems that possibly it, it, it's not clear cut as to what the procedure is.
2: And... Did you get the impression that he feels guilty about about this incident, about about the killing, about the about the injuring as well?
1: he I think he I would kind of think that he's been treated a bit unfairly on that score because he didn't say he didn't feel guilty. I mean, look, you have to kind of think he was obviously advised very carefully on wording around uh, guilt and responsibility. He says, "I don't feel responsible." I'm, and I'm paraphrasing there, but he uses the word responsible, whereas the word guilt, you know, there's the court of law guilt and then there's emotional guilt. I'm sure, you know, in the middle of the night, he feels dreadful and I kind of don't doubt his sincerity when he gets upset about her, about her death and about this awful thing that shouldn't have happened. But, you know, every part of his legal team is going to say to him, you cannot go on that camera and say, I feel, I, I, I feel guilty about this. So I think he possibly should have been cut a little bit of slack on that.
2: And, and ultimately, yeah, this, this incident is, is majorly in, in the spotlight because it, it, it's Hollywood and there's a big star involved. But there are ongoing investigations and ultimately the, the truth of the incident in, in whatever form will will come out.
1: Yeah, and is it the end of Alec Baldwin, really? No matter what way it goes, is there any coming back from that? If it is judged in the end to just have been very in a very unfortunate accident. Is there enough a goodwill towards Alec Baldwin to really allow his career to continue? I don't know. I don't know if there is. I think it could be the end of him, which I think would be a pity.
2: I'm Fiona Sheehan, and today's episode was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Tabitha Monahan, with sound design by John Smith. Tips courtesy of ABC News, 20th Century Fox, NBC, and Comedy Central. You can listen to the Indo Daily wherever you get your podcasts.